You are listening to Read It, Roll It, Hole It. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Good morning, golfers, and welcome to the uh, 14th episode of the Read It, Roll It, Hole It podcast. Today, I've got a good friend of mine, Gavin Flo, on the show. Gavin, how are you? Man, I'm doing great, baby. I'm doing great today. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm super excited as well. Um, Gavin, we met last year in Paris. Um, we, um, we, 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 we had a great time, right? We were there on the, uh, the David Orr Flat Stick Academy. And um, you guys, you and Andrew, come over from the States to come and do the European one with us. And we, I think we spent about eight days, maybe 10 days together, did we? From sort of day one, I, I loved the energy that um, that I had from you. And we sort of, we've become close friends and when we've, we've been speaking every other day since. So um, look, just, uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do, like Mr. CEO of Junior Golf. Absolutely. So one, thank you. I'm pretty excited to be on the show. Pretty humble. Uh, so like Ollie said, uh, my name is Gavin Flo. I'm the type of guy who is uh, quite energetic. I like to have a good time. I spend just about every uh, waking moment just empowering children. I think uh, I use a stick and a ball to get kids excited. Um, sometimes it's golf, sometimes it's not. Most of the times it's play. And I believe that through play, the outcome is usually learning. Uh, Fred Rogers said that. So I'm fortunate enough to stand on the shoulders of giants like David Orr. I had a, uh, he was my professor in college. So I got to see like what an amazing, like a master instructor sh- should look like and like a teacher. And through David Orr, this led me into rooms where there's other experts in their field, whether it's full swing or short game or green reading or mine or mental state or just club fitting or putt, whatever it is. And I've just been very lucky to meet some amazing, extraordinary people and kind of hone my craft. And I've always felt like I have this uh, innate ability to just connect with people and to just uh, spread light and spread joy. And right now I use uh, golf to kind of create that passion and, uh, passion and create that joy and that flow. And uh, it's been an awesome ride. It's a pretty cool experience. I love it. The Like the energy you have, like, and the, I don't know, I think you, you must be like one of the the sort of most – what am I trying to say here? Like you, your, your will to help people, you like, you go up and beyond to help people. And you really seem to like, not seem to, you do care about people. You like, you want to like, not just help them at golf. You want to like change their lives. Yeah. Tell me, where does that come from? Gavin? Man, I would say from a very, very early age, man, like as early as I can remember, I've always had this awareness in the sense that I have something most people do not. And that is my ability to just connect, my ability to create enthusiasm. I have a very infectious, a very contagious kind of personality. Um, I, I feel like I can influence any room that I go into just through my energy. And the best way I can kind of describe it all is like, um, you ever play like Pac-Man? No. Nope. Don't like, think so. Like Pac-Man, like the video game, like Miss Pac-Man? No, I'm not you know, a video you know. um, video guy. Okay. Well, there's this real cool game that came out, like, the, I wanna, don't quote me, but I think like the early 70s or the early 80s, and there's this um, this mouse, and there's kind of this, this like, pack, it's like this circle, and the whole point of Pac-Man is he's being chased by ghosts. And in Pac-Man, you, like, eat all these things, and then in the corner of Pac-Man, they have these things that are called power pellets, Ollie. 
And um, in the game of Pac-Man, you're spending most of the game being chased by ghosts, but there's four power pellets every level. And if you can eat a power pellet, the whole dynamics of Pac-Man start to change. You start chasing the ghosts. It's, it's, on, it's for a limited duration. It's not the whole game, but you have it for like 10 seconds. And you're trying to chase as many ghosts as you can, and you get more points. And when you are eating this power pellet, man, you feel on. You feel invincible. And that's literally how I feel every moment of my life. And I feel like I've been sent to kind of spread the joy and spread power pellets and help other people be able to eat and replenish and use their power pellets and allow people just to be comfortable with themselves and to put a smile on their face and to understand that, you know, the glass is always half full, you know, it can always be worse. You know, you never understand what other people are going through. So if you can just, uh, it, it doesn't cost anything to give a smile or to give a compliment or to, you know, make someone else's day. And I try to live my life just trying to interact with as many people as possible, where it's just me doing myself. And uh, that, that's, that, I think that's kind of where I got it from. And then just, you know, what's the long-term effect of having a mom and a dad and cousins and, and, and a sister and friends and family have constantly encouraged you that you are your only limit, that what what it what, what what is ever on this green earth you can truly have it if you just have the courage to flourish and um you know, you know the ability to try something new and, and be okay with you know standing out and being a little odd you know you uh dr seuss said you got to be odd to be number one and i uh I, I cherish that quote i would definitely agree that like the way you coach golf to juniors is odd it is very oh, yeah. very different from the traditional like hold the club like this, stand there, line the juniors up on the range, hit balls and the pro goes up and down. Like typically that's how junior golf has been forever. And like speaking to you, watching your Instagram, it is like the complete opposite spectrum. Talk us through, and and, that, and that's not just junior golf, that's just golf lessons in general. Like you get the adults doing this crazy stuff. Like, yeah. Talk us through what you do, what kind of things, what, what does a normal session look like, uh, you know, with you and, and why are you doing it? Yeah, so I would say I've had a very unique experience into like coaching junior golf. I, I think when I was in college, I did internships and I worked at golf courses that did your traditional golf camp model where, you know, kids will line up on a range, they putt for an hour, chip for an hour, pitch for an hour. And I was like, man, this is so weird. Like, you see the kids who like golf, but most of the kids don't like golf. So everything that you're doing is always predicated on who's the best or who's the most skilled or who can hit it the farthest. So, like, the kids who've never played golf, they never win those games. So I had some buddies in college that created this amazing platform called Operation 36. And it was a really cool concept. You basically start kids really close to the hole and work their way back. And then once they shoot a certain score – they work farther and farther back. So I did that for a couple of years and kind of learned that system. And then I watched as like, man, it's cool to see some kids like it. And then most of the time, a lot of kids didn't like it. So I was like, man, there's got to be something else out there. So we obviously met when we went to um, France. And I'll never forget, uh, I remember all that table and we were all having dinner and everyone was like, you know, Gavin, what do you do? And it wasn't arrogant or anything like brash or bragging or anything like that. But I was like, man, I really want to be like the best junior golf coach in the world. And at that time, Ollie, I really thought to be the best junior golf coach in the world, you must have kids who are elite or who go pro or play college golf. 
And then the more and more I thought about it, man, um, I think our buddy Cedric Dennis was like, bro, you need to call this dude Richard Franklin because Richard Franklin currently is probably one of the best junior golf strokes in the world. And I was like, okay, cool. I can always learn from someone else. And I met this guy, Richard Franklin, who creates Discover Golf. And this guy actually creates games. Um, he helped show me what fun actually is, um, how to actually leverage your environment to make kids want to do things and not force them to do it. So now here I am with years of seeing it from the outside in and now understanding like how to actually create fun. You know, I see myself just trying to make sure I'm living for every moment, Ollie. So when I have these kids in my classes, man, I don't know what's going to happen uh, from minute to minute. I truly live moment by moment. When I see a kid in front of me, I am here for that student. I want them to have joy. I want them to be entertained. I want them to feel like they don't have to do this, man. They, they really want to do it for the sake of doing it. So I just try to connect with them, man. I try, I try to create something that's bigger than just golf. Like it's not a cliche. It's not a bumper sticker, but I always ask kids like, Hey, would you rather talk to animals or breathe underwater? You know, would you, would, would you rather eat curly fries or French fries? Uh, what you have for breakfast, you know, like, and just try to connect with them and get to know them and see them for who they are. And then because I actually see them and I actually know them, I know their names. I know their little brother's name. I know their mom's name. I know what, what, what what's their favorite color. And that allows me to connect with them. And then because they have, have that trust, then we, you know, we might do some golf stuff, man. And I, and I really think it, I, I want to disrupt traditional junior golf programs. I think what's lacking in golf is it's not like every other sport because it's hard and so, and, it, and it's so difficult, but if you can put in all the elements and all other sports into golf, it's pretty cool. Such as um, harmonious environments, collaboration, you know, yelling, screaming, jumping, throwing, like things that aren't like all kids want to move and play. And if you can just create things like I, I truly think about a man, I was like, bro, if I was nine, what would I want to do right now? I would want somebody who's like me, yelling, jumping, and calling it a cinnamon sticking out a golf club. I would want someone not to sit here and give me feedback after every shot. And it's cool to know how forces and torques to apply at clubs work and like how to create better patterns and have, have peak velocities before the ball. But kids don't want to care about that stuff, man. If you ask 100 kids, do you want to play golf? Two of them are like, yeah. And the other 98 are like, uh, heck no. But I see more of those 98% of those kids than I see the 2% of kids who actually want to be good. And I see a lot of kids who get forced to see me because they hear that I'm fun and I'm different and they, oh, you're going to love Gavin. So then I have all this pressure on me. It's like, man, now I got to make them have fun. And then I just do it, bro. So it's like, it, it, it's just, it, it's just interesting, man. I think it, what's the long-term effect of just making someone enjoy this moment and not having them do it to have some means to an end to, to, to do it for the sake of doing it. And that's true joy, bro. Like that's the secret of happiness, man. And that's kind of crazy. Cause like, that's the essence of flow, you know, flow comes to you, man. It's crazy. That's like my name, but that's what I live for, man. I'm addicted to flow. I'm addicted to the problems. I'm addicted to seeing kids that don't want to be here who like, Oh, I hate it. And then at the end of the day, like seeing them just light up in joy, man. Like I, I'm so blessed and so fortunate. Like it's just super rewarding. So when I coach kids, I just try to help understand where they come from first and like say, hey, man, for this next moment, how can I make sure this kid leaves feeling excited and leaves feeling like, wow, I was different. Wow, I could do that. And like, how can you empower them to do that? And that's why you need to leverage a good game and good games uh, from a quote from my man, Richard Franklin, create a series of meaningful choices to a quantifiable outcome. That's not solely predicated on who's the best, Ollie, but the outcomes are random. The outcomes are uncertain. The outcomes include different resource management, different player interactions, like all good games, man. And, 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 and I don't know any human being who doesn't want to play. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nobody's, oh, I hate playing. You know, that's a lie. Like, if you can make something fun and make something interactive or create something that's interesting enough to make people want to do it, that's real cool. Where I think a lot of golf professionals, especially with juniors, always write the same two words on their brochures or their flyers. Always like, hey, we play games and we have fun. And then they just have some still shot of kids all circled up around a ball playing tic-tac-toe. It's like, oh, that's fun. No, that's not fun, man. Like, uh, fun wears off like that, man. It's hard to actually create fun. Um, so in order to actually create fun, you need to design an environment that leverages a series of choices to make kids interested, to make them want to keep doing this thing that you're having them do. And putting a ball just to hit a ball because it helps you get better. No kids, like, care about that. Not all kids, unless they're super into golf, which aren't a lot of kids out there who are super into golf. For some reason, and golf – for juniors, there's only like one route or two routes. It's like, hey, they do a camp. If they like camps, they come back and then they do private lessons. But there's nothing like in between for the kids who don't want to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's super disingenuous as us as coaches to make every kid feel like they have to be good at golf. Like, hey, do this practice plan or do this drill because I'm telling you to do that. Don't you want to be good? And Johnny's like, hell no, I don't want to be good. Like, I, I'm here because my parents make me be here. So, like, already the kid doesn't want to be here, and then you're giving them this drill that they don't want to do, and then the drill's hard, so they keep hitting it bad. They're like, man, let's just play a game. But if you play a game, all kids want to do that. And that's, I think that's way more fulfilling. And as a golf coach, there's way more kids out there who don't want to be good than there are kids who want to be good. So, um, from a business side of it, man, that's a way better avenue is to find the most kids who don't want to be good and then cater to them. It's crazy. I love it. I am um, in the last lockdown. I think we had um, 10 weeks of uh, our junior coaching on uh, on Zoom, as you know, and yeah. um, e- every single session we had a different guest. So I think we had over 40, 50 guests and like, you know, everyone was great, like pros, tour players, you know, everyone was um, really good. And we got you on to to talk to the kids and you showed them the um, well, it's called the Gavin game. Do you remember the Gavin game? Where the one put, where they had, yeah, they put into the uh, into two clubs, and like that's obviously helping their distance control, but they don't know that it's just a game to hit it in there. Bingo! And then they've got to pick them up and carry it back without dropping them, without touching them, and like the kids just absolutely love that game. Like we we obviously went back into lockdown a couple of weeks ago, and so like the first call, like we're on there, have a chat with them. They're like Ollie, can we play the Gavin game? I'm like, love yeah, it. come on, let's I go. Love it. I and they it. just want to play the Gavin game. And like, it's great, you know, and they're like adapting it now. So we've got like, uh, you know, they're putting over a um, over the ironing board into the Gavin game and <laughs> just like having great fun with it. So yeah, thank yeah. you for, for sharing your of love course. with our kids, man. Of course, um, of course. No, that's uh, that's good. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about um, like adult golfers and like... Yeah what you see i say adult like all golfers so like people who are on the golf course there's a there's a big step or there's a difference between how they perform perhaps on the range to how they play on the course and then how players react and how they sort of behave on the golf course we we can see as it like affects their next shot can you like have you got any nuggets for these uh 
for the for the listeners to you know help them with their attitude or their mind or their life skills i yeah. don't know like i don't know exactly yeah. where we're going here but i just yeah hear you talk so, along that so what i would say man and um i've been super fortunate to spend a lot of time with like ian Hinefield from like the game like training and he's done a lot of research and studying on you know why people you know, struggle going from the course to the range. And basically he says it boils down to like these three things comes to um, like spacing, um, like veritability and challenges. So I feel like when people are on the golf course, they have all these expectations that they're supposed to do. And they think they can go out and like control their swing or control their score or kind of control the results where they really can't, where I would, I think people will be a lot better off if and it's not like a bumper sticker, but to have something consistent in terms of how prepared they are to play better golf, such as like having a routine, you know, having focus, having attention. And when I say routine, I'm not saying it in the sense of, okay, do three practice swings every time and move your left foot, then your right foot. Like I don't mean it like that, 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 that way. I mean routine in terms of selecting a target, visualizing the target you know, going into it and addressing the golf club, then taking your grip, kind of keeping your attention on your target, taking your stance, kind of looking at your target. And then after that, man, just hitting the shot and good or bad, just live with it, man. I think so many people put so much like of their soul and their entire self-worth on the results of the ball, where that cannot be your sole focus if you want to get better because, you know, you want to kind of control your habits and, and, and try to become the type of golfer who, controls what they can control, such as their course management, their club selection, their focus, their attention, and just being prepared. And I truly believe if you can control the things you can control in the long run, you'll, you'll feel better. You'll be freer. You'll be, you'll have more clarity. You'll have a better solution. You'll have way more awareness and you'll probably enjoy yourself more because you're not so fixated on the results. So then your habits of becoming the type of golfer who does the same thing every time that's then more consistent. And then because you're more consistent, you feel more confident. And when you become more confident, man, you know, the world's yours, man. So I think um, most people do not set up themselves with the, with the right expectations. They do spend so much time, especially the, the average golfer, spend so much time on working on their swing. And, you know, people, when they watch on TV, they hear things like, oh, that's a good shot or that's a good swing or like you really can control those things, man. And, they believe that muscle memory is like a thing where it's definitely not because if muscle memory was a thing, you wouldn't practice or need to practice because your muscles should remember it. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy, man. So I think most people, you know, go and it goes back to kind of my game theory stuff, man. If you do it for the sake of doing it, man, that's that's way more fun than trying to have some means to an end where um, at the end of the day, golf can be a game. It's a poorly designed game. Um, it gets you pretty frustrated. So I think just enjoy yourself. Um, and, it's, and just kind of take your time, man. I, I don't really know where I was going with that answer, man, but I hope that helps. No, that's cool. It's good. I think, like, if say say you had like a, a I don't know a fifty year old gent come for a lesson who's just been in working business. Like, if you've got him doing like those crazy kid games, he's gonna like not like it. So tell me, oh yeah, what so that looks, what that kind of lesson yeah, would look like with you, man. I would say for me. Most adults that I see, um, they just enjoy my company. Um, I had a dear friend of mine, his name's TJ Eaton. I said, Gavin, if you want to be a good golf instructor, people just have to like you. If you want to be a great golf instructor, you have to help people get better too. 
So for most of my adult lessons, I kind of have my own kind of philosophy, my own framework that I look for. And when it comes to the full swing, I kind of like to make sure that grip looks okay. And then, you know, the ball position looks okay. And to kind of just work on them increasing their club head speed and just moving the club as efficiently as possible just to stabilize the club face. So when it comes to all my adult lessons, I always start with like club head speed. I want to make sure they're swinging fast enough. And then they have like enough range of motion to make sure their swing's long enough to enjoy themselves. Um, and most of my adult lessons, that's kind of how I frame it. You know, it's, it's always uh, an opportunity to just improve sequencing and to improve the pivot. And because of that, they usually get better. Um, but for my adults, I, I'm, I'm rarely doing like the game theory stuff in the games unless they ask for it. But within the last couple of months, I've been getting a lot more adults that kind of want to do more like team building exercises and a lot of adults who've never played golf before. So I try to create environments that are similar to like my kids. And I also try to do things like um, here in the States, like Drive Shack and Top Golf. Um, they're kind of like a man's like bowling alleys, but for like golf where that's super popular. So I'm trying to create like experiences and environments like that for my families because I'm in a private golf club. So I just have a lot of families and a lot of people who've never played golf before. So I just want to give them an opportunity to use a stick and a ball and just get them entertained. So for, and that's kind of how I work out, man. And, and I would say I have a, not, not, I would say when I coach adults, it's more for sport. Um, I do it just to like keep my, keep my craft and keep my skills up. But I, I think when it boils down to what really gets me the most exciting is like, you know, just getting so many kids empowering and want to get them to use a golf club and enjoy themselves. Love it, love it. Yeah, it's man. cool. I um I enjoyed your company, man. When we we're in in Paris, do you remember the uh the day we um went to see the Eiffel Tower together for the bro, first time? Dude, I have been eating. I got brie yesterday, bro. I be, like the first time. I, first time we had brie, and I knew what it was. It was like love at first sight, man. I have been acted up ever since, man. I'm addicted. That that time in Paris was super cool. That was a cool day, man. I remember. We were taking uh oh man we hey that was a fun time man we were acting <laughs> I remember we um yeah we went to the Eiffel Tower didn't we and then we went down that like to that little cafe and uh yeah it was like it wasn't even like eleven in the morning was it and yep. uh yep. so we've gone in and we just had a this massive plate of brie with red yep. wine and five we, of hey, us we just the, sat the, there eating hey. the cheese. It was great, man. And then we were in that store and we got lost from each other, man. And that was oh man. It, it was a cool day, man. Paris was awesome. It was good. Yeah, good, good, good fun. Happy days. It was. Um, tell me, like, a little bit more about your influences. Like, who's, who's like, influenced, like, you to be the way you are? Ooh. Who, or, like, who's your influences or role models? Yeah, um, man. I, I would say my biggest influence currently in my life is probably my little sister, I know it's crazy to say my little sister, but she's just amazing, man. She's like, uh, she's just the type of person, Ollie, who is like absolutely gorgeous, but like she is just, that's like the least interesting thing about her. She's just, she's just interesting, man. I love her to death. Um, obviously, I think David Orr goes up in there, man. I think about David a lot just from the standpoint of him constantly reminding me like to just be myself. And that's been the coolest thing because I find myself, I get, I, I have some, um, I get on something new and I like beat it to death. You know, I learned something new. It's like, Oh, I'm really into it. And David's just constantly remind me to be me. So that's been awesome. Um, 
I have like uh, uh, I, I go to the gym um, and I work out like 6 a.m. and I go to this CrossFit gym and uh, the type of people who are in these classes, Ollie, are just the type of people I need to be around. So I have some mates in there who are just just uh, different breeds, man, different animals. So I would say my influences aren't just one thing. Um, uh, uh, it, it's just been I got a lot, man. Uh, I'm very fortunate, man. I do a lot of reading. Um, I really like James Clear from Atomic Habits. Um, pretty, pretty smart dude. Um, yeah, I would say my influences right now just it's, it's never one thing, man. They change constantly, day in and day out, man. Um, it, I'm, I'm very blessed, very, very blessed. My father was a huge influence into me and just to understand what it means to be a man and um, to share your gift and to be. Uh, humble and to just be aware that uh i'm not meant to fit in i'm meant to stand out i'm meant to walk a certain way i'm meant to talk a certain way i I am gavin flow for a reason and uh, i got a lot of work to do and uh before i leave this earth i want to make sure i leave a mark and i want to leave it better than i found it and i want to continue to spread the essence of flow and joy and laughter and banter and good times and right now i'm using uh, a stick and a ball to do that at the larger scale but i guess in uh, 10 years it'd probably be a little different ollie and then 20 years probably be a little different and then hopefully knock on wood i'll be here for another 30 years um but uh my influences is, is everybody around me man i think uh so I'm, I'm very lucky that's good the um uh, like one thing I certainly noticed is like you know obviously y- your family is like really really you're really close aren't you like everyone is, is close to their family hopefully but like you like you, I love like looking at your Instagram and your, your TikToks and like you get your mum in there dancing on your TikToks and stuff yeah and it's just, um, I love that I love that part um about you Gavin that's good so like you, you mentioned ten, 10 years time like things gonna look different yeah tell me tell t- tell us and the listeners here like what's yeah. that gonna look like like what what, what so, should we expect so i would say um i'm probably the best in the world when it comes to capturing a junior's attention and to making them be recognized and to be passionate about whatever i'm doing i think i possess an innate skill to make looking at a wall fun um i'm ever so the entertainer so I think in 10 years time, I'm going to keep getting better at becoming the type of guy that creates like just environments for flow. And I am the CEO of flow, you know, so uh, flow can be used into any day, daily life activity. So as of right now, um, in 10 years, expect to see the CEO of flow um, all over the, probably all over the, it'll start probably all over the state of Virginia first within the next two, three years. And then once the state of Virginia, then probably like the East coast of the States, and hopefully um, we'll have some opportunities to be on TV or something like that. Um, and that's kind of where it starts for now in 10 years. And then 20 years from there, I kind of want to get into like uh, politics where I can continue to spread um, the, the CEO flow into my community. And then hopefully through the community that could travel through the country, then through the country, hopefully the world. Mm, it's powerful stuff, man. It's like yeah, it's getting deep and it's like, I think, you know, you definitely are like a born entertainer. Do you know what I mean? I, I've always yeah. like 
yeah, you're a good, you're like, no, you're better than a good golf coach. You're a class golf coach. Like you are the best junior golf coach I've ever witnessed and seen. Like, but I think like your talents are definitely like entertainment. And it's interesting you say politics because I don't see entertainment and politics to be to the same journey. Like talk to me about a little bit of politics. I know like in the past, we've had a brief discussion about, um, you know, being, being a, a sort of black man in is Virginia. Is that where you are? And like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's difficult. Like we've not scripted yeah. this. So like, tell me to bugger off. You don't want yeah. to talk about it, but no, you told me some I, like deep stuff. Like let's yeah, can you share man, some I, of that. Like, yeah. So I would say, um, perfect example ollie is uh i've been in golf for like you know, like i'm 28 i started this when i was like 18 when i just enrolled into college so i've been in golf for almost 10 years now and in my industry there's not a lot of people that look like me let alone black coaches let alone black coaches who are going out and trying to learn from the best experts in the world meaning you know whether it's putting whether it's wedge play whether it's full swing there's not um, I, no there's not I, there's no one uh not not knowing, but it, it, it's just it's it's, it's kind of it's scarce. So I want to create a, a platform and a roadmap of like, okay, you can take your gifts right now. It's entertaining right now. My gifts are using golf and making it entertaining. But if I can use that to something propel me bigger, such as politics, where I can actually make a bigger impact and create more platforms for other people that look like myself, and just create an essence of flow in a full academy and could teach every single human being what it's like to just smile what it's just like to treat other people the way they want to be treated and to go through the life as i do and how i live it and how i interact with people and i think that's why i'm so fortunate and blessed to meet people like yourselves who recognize what energy is like and the thing about energy always like energy can't be created nor destroyed man everyone has it man everyone can tap in and use energy and just got to be able to willpower it and channel it and use your power pillars efficiently and that can be something that's shared and that's gonna be something i can put into the, the community and that can be something that we can bring to a larger scale to help people all over the world and to actually make a difference and to make some noise and to have people be you know um you know spread joy man like i think we we, we hopefully that everything you know do things for the sake of doing it everything cannot be to have some means to an end man everything can't be about the results some things truly have to be about doing it for the sake of doing it just the joy of joy and i'm i'm here to exude that joy and i think i could do it at a great scale leveraging my te- my talents as an entertainer but uh, you use those skills to get my word out and get my name out to hopefully go what i really want to do is that i want to be uh, a politician so then you'll be the big influencer do you think Big bingo, yeah, bingo. I like that. Do you think you can um, be president one day? I doubt I want to be president, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna knock myself. I want to get into like uh, like the Senate. Um, I want to be a senator, and I want to be a senator for a while. And I want to, um, you know, stay on the, the House seat and just uh, do something in Congress, man, and uh, be 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 counted and be be president and to. Be, be withstanding and be a voice and uh, be different. I, I don't want to go into the presidency. I want to do something that's um, a little bit more local and then just be active in my area and uh, in my community that way. And then obviously if I keep doing the right things the right way, uh, obviously then that will blow up and be able to spread to other, other country, other States. And then other States can do it. That spreads to other spots and people all over the world can just watch what we're doing. Hmm. You say like be counted um, and I'm going deep, but be counted and have a voice. Like, 
is that something that you don't feel like you have or your family don't get or yeah I, like I getting would say deep? yeah yeah for yeah just uh where we are currently in our culture man i can't tell you how many people you know uh i'm there's not a lot of people that look like me that teach golf and i feel like that's uh taken aback because i look the way i do and i want everyone to know i, I am uh, golf is it golf isn't good enough for most human beings and i want everyone to know that i use golf and a stick and a ball to create joy and uh how to actually spread that joy and to keep doing that is something that needs to be withstand, and I am a force to be reckoned with. I've been taken aback because I am a black man in golf, so I'm not taken as seriously as other people in my counterparts, and I'm deemed that, you know, not to be – I got to be overly qualified than other people in my seat where it's um, – I'm looked over um, because I'm deemed as, oh, just because I do all these fun and silly stuff that I don't I'm – I'm not as educated as I am. I'm not as smart as I am. I'm not as knowledgeable as I am. I'm deemed goofy or silly which I, I play on that. So it's awesome. I love when uh, people co constantly count me out. It's just, oh, he doesn't always talk about, oh, it's just the kid guy where little do they know. Um, I know more about forces and vectors than most people. I understand holistically um, where feelings come from, where thoughts come from, how to be prepared. Um, I've been a student of the game for a very long time. I don't miss much. I'm well aware of my environment and uh, I'm, um, I'm a bad boy, Ollie. And I want everyone to know um, that uh, that could become anyone. And I, I want other people to look at myself and like whether they're doing in their environments, it's like, hey, if he could do it, so can I. So uh, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this because I have a, I have a, a bunch of people behind me accounting on me and supporting me. And I'm going to use all my talents in the world, and all my strengths to stand up and uh, make a difference. Yeah, I like that, mate. It's good. Yeah, bro. It's exciting. It's good. Do you know what? You just said something again that you said – um, I know holistically where thoughts and feelings come from. I want you to educate me now. Yeah, one, it comes from David Orr. He helped me a while ago and outsourced it to a guy named Garrett Kramer. Garrett Kramer, I've spent a lot of time reading his books. And essentially, Ollie, um, Garrett Kramer has a really cool perspective of feelings. And the crazy thing about feelings, Ollie, is that they just come to you. They kind of, um, like a roller coaster, your feelings go up and down. And your feelings create your thoughts, where a lot of people believe that their, their thoughts have control over them, where they do not. Where I get it all the time, they're like, Gavin, you're so positive, man. You're just, you're so awesome, you know, like you're just the most positive guy in the world. And the thing is, they're like, man, you just must think so positively all the time. And the, and the, and the, and the truth is, no, I don't think positively all the time because your thoughts are um they're they're just neutral man they're just thoughts because if you believe that positive thinking works ollie you also believe that negative thinking works man and negative thinking doesn't work either and your feelings kind of create your thoughts and your feelings are always your roadmap and your feelings kind of ebb and flow man you can't just be like oh i'm gonna be happy today and be happy like there's things that you do in your life or that kind of come to you that can kind of create those environments and can influence your feelings. And once your feelings are influenced, then you, you can start being able to perceive yourself in different ways and be more open to being more receptive to trying something or doing something. And I think I possess uh, a lot of emotional intelligence, my EQ, if you will, I can read the room. I can understand people. I can understand body language. I can understand nonverbal cues better than most people, man. And I use those abilities. And I think that's why I do so well with kids because I can see how they feel before they even open their mouths, man. And I can, I can 
I can move the room, bro. I literally have this power, this ability to connect with others faster than anybody. And once I have that, and I know I do, man, it's it, I, like I said, I'm infectious. Um, and just learning where feelings come from and being able to control that and understanding that no one, Ollie, can make you feel anything. I'm going to say that again. No one can make you feel anything. And I say that all the time, and my, uh, especially my sister teases me with it all the time. It's like, oh, no. You always say that, and I want to hear, like, no one can make you feel anything, but, like, no one can make you mad, Ollie. Only you can make you mad. Like, um, Esme can't make you upset, bro. You let Esme make you upset, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, your feelings truly are yours. And if most people understand that. They're always waiting for happiness or, oh, if I do this, well, I'm looking forward to, like, this party or this function or this event, then I'll be happy. And they put all their happiness on something outside of them, man. That's, that's not how it works where you really just have to do nothing be still, be calm, and just let it just kind of recenter, and your feelings will guide you, man. Your, your, your gut will take you wherever you need to go, and you just got to realize there's nothing you never need to add or or um, to do to make you feel better. You just got to just sit there and just let it come and just let it flow and just let it, um, like, it'll run its course, man. Some powerful stuff there, Gavin, and, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good. It is, like, yeah. I totally agree with you. It's like, it's, it's having the skill though, like to do what you're saying. Have you got any advice to what I mean? Like it's all good saying, Oh, your, your feelings aren't good or bad. Your thoughts aren't good or bad. Yeah. Like, any advice? Like it's all good saying that, but sometimes like they do affect you, don't they? Like they, they do like to me. Yeah. So if, I, if you let them advice? do that, man, and the advice is to just constantly remind yourself your thoughts are random, bro. They're like raindrops, bro. They just happen. And, you know, there's some times where I'm feeling my thoughts, man. And I got to remind myself, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm giving my thoughts powers. And when I'm in the right form of mind, the right form of consciousness, the, the right framework, the, my, the right mental state, I recognize that, man. And it's completely normal not to feel good, man. Like my dad passed away um, on Father's Day last year. And I have days all the time, bro, where I'm sad as hell. And I just got to remind myself, it's like, man, it's okay to be sad. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be mad. It's okay. Like, bro, I cry all the time, man. And it's amazing the power that you get from tears, bro. Like, I had a birthday um, when I when I FaceTimed you guys. And, um, like, I had an amazing, amazing cry, like, right after that, bro. And it's like, I was crying because, like, I was like, dang, man, I really wish my dad could see, like, what I'm doing right now is like, bro, like I miss him, but I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because I was so happy that, bro, I'm really out here. Like, well, the day he died, I was like, bro, I don't even know if I can walk, let alone talk. I don't know what I'm going to do. And now here I am every day after this. Like, bro, this has been the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life, man. Like, I, I, I never forgot to talk to my best friend right before I went to um, France. And I was like, bro, I'm about to go to France. He's like, Gavin, you have no idea what's about to happen for you from coming from France. And like, since I've come back from France, man, my whole world has changed, Ali. Like I am doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, man. Everything that's supposed to be happening to me, Ali is happening. And life is amazing, man. It is what it should be. And I just have to constantly remind myself, man, that, you know, um, and this is to quote Lapita. I forget her last name. Have you ever seen the movie Black Panther? I don't know. Okay, well, it, there, there's this amazing quote. Um, from one of the actors in the movie and she goes you know you want to take your time but you don't want to waste your time and I try to take my time every day Ollie and when I recognize truly to take my time and not waste my time 
magical things happen, man. And that's kind of what you want to remind people when they aren't feeling good, when they aren't playing bad, when they think something's wrong with their golf swing. It's like, dude, it's just golf. I'm going to say that again. Like, it, it's, it's just golf. Like, you give this golf ball so much power over you. And the minute you're able to let go of that ego and to let go of not looking good or to let go of not swinging good or not performing well, like, dude, that's where, that's where, that's where everything lives, bro. That there's a difference between walking the path, Ollie, and knowing the path, bro. And once you're walking it, man, you, you, you just enjoy it, man. And you let everything come to you, man. And you, you got to realize like the stage is already set, man. We write our own, we write our own history. And it's up to us to write our own story about our lives and no one else can write it for us except for us, man. And, and it's already set. If you really want it, you can go get it, man. And uh, uh, and at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, man, we, we only get one, like everyone, uh, you know, if we only get one life, you might as well live it, man. And take your time out there, but don't waste your time. I'll, I'll finish off. Like, you're the entertainer. You light up the room. Now you've got a room in front of you of... Leap Putting Hub listeners, hopefully. You don't know anything about them. But I want you to, as you said, to to tell to tell them one of your stories that lights up the room. You move people. Like I want you to get their full attention and I'm putting you on the spot. That I know you got loads of stories in there. We might have time yeah. for two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, share with well, us a story. What a story in terms of uh, what do you? That's going to impact. That's going to impact their lives. It's going to make them stop and think and go, "Wow, that makes sense." Yeah, so I, I love the Gavin stories. Yeah, I got an amazing one for you, man. So I had, um, uh, they they tell this story of this this coach and like his student. And the student is, uh, let's say he's a basketball player and he's working on his uh, jump shot. You know, he's working on his jump shot and uh, he's not getting any better. And his coach goes, come here for a second, yo, man. You know, I want you to imagine that we're in a room right now, Ollie. And the room, we're in like a little freezer. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a freezer. It's 25 degrees in this room. And when you go, ah, you can like see your breath. You know what I'm saying? It's cold in this thing, boy. It's cold in there. And, uh, the, the, the professor has like a little 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 tray right here. He goes, hey, this is an ice cube. And I want you to imagine this ice cube's frozen because we're in a freezer and it's 25 degrees in this room. And over here, we have like a little thermometer and the thermometer says 25 degrees. And five minutes passes, Ollie. And you look at the thermometer and the thermometer says 30 degrees. Whoa, the room's gotten five degrees warmer, but there's no change in this ice cube, still frozen. So a few minutes goes by, and now the thermometer says 32 degrees, Ali. And now you start to see as the ice cube starts to melt. And the teacher tells his students, like, man, that's what getting better looks like. You know, um, so many people do not see the changes right away, so they think something's wrong. Yet the room in this freezer was getting warmer, but there was no change. Uh, there was no massive change, but it took one degree, one little moment at a time. And then over time, it started to have a massive change. So I think a lot of people 
when it comes to golf specifically, they take a golf lesson or they take a putting lesson and you, you change something with their swing and they don't see the ball go in or they don't see the ball curve the way it does and they think something's wrong, where you got to remind them that, hey, your pitcher's changing, your mechanics are changing according to TrackMan, according to Sam Putt Lab, your numbers are changing. And over time, eventually, you'll get everything that you desire. Um, so I think that's one of my favorite stories for like getting people to understand like and buy into how to actually get better and how to improve, man. Um, but I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's, that, that's, that's one story, man. I think you put me on the spot. And I think when it comes to those rooms and those moments of, um, you know, uh, when it's my opportunity to kind of move the rooms and shake the rooms, man, I, I truly tell you, it just comes to me, Ollie. I never have a plan. I never have this like vision or whatever happens, depending on the room that I'm in, the environment that I am, it just comes to me. And that's when I can kind of connect with people. I'll never forget um, last April, I spoke to uh, elementary school. Um, I spoke to like grades K through fifth. And then I was supposed to talk about positivity and they had me talk about positivity and it was wild. And I was like, you know, I was asking the kids, I was like, Hey, what does it mean to be, uh, what is positivity? And I never forget this one kid said to be positive. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> like, yeah, of course it was. And I never forget. Um, it was just an amazing opportunity. And when I stopped trying so hard and stopped trying to make them understand positivity and just connected with them, um, the speech got better. And that's that. And that's kind of the secret to everything. Every time I try as hard as I can, it, it doesn't work. And when I just let things happen and just let things flow, real cool things happen, man. So. Um, my favorite stories always involve things like that, man. And, uh, you know, I usually try to keep a good story. And uh, one of my favorites to tell is I was coaching junior golf. And uh, uh, I had this little girl, she's like seven years old. She goes, hey, Coach Gavin, can you watch me hit a ball? And I was like, yeah, I'll watch you hit a ball, Ainsley. So she hits a ball, Ollie, and she like hits her driver and goes, how far do you think that went, Coach Gavin? I was like, man, Ainsley, I went about 100 yards. She was like, whoa. 100 yards? How far can you hit it, Coach Gavin? I was like, I can hit it like 100 yards, too. She was like, then why am I taking lessons from you? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, bro. I was like, kids, say, kids are cool, man. And uh, it's, it's just awesome, man. I think it's uh, – ah, man, we're very lucky. I'm very lucky. I, I look forward to every moment I get to coach and interact with people and just get to do me brilliant well keep being you and uh yeah thank you for um for coming on to the the podcast and talking to us <clears throat> hopefully yeah. we're going to um get you over right so yeah, once bro. this corona stuff disappears yeah. next year we're going to get the flow to the uk and we're going to do do, it, do some crazy big boy tour i love it <laughs> what's um what is the word that charles said that cracked you up for and didn't you started laughing for about two hours laurie 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 no 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 it was um dustbin a dustbin yes he's the dustbin man the dustbin laurie i love it bro yo i gotta call charles <laughs> do you remember that man. dude do i reveal charles man i i because of charles it made me remind myself of never judge a book by its cover man when i first saw charles i said oh my gosh he's a know-it-all and then i started talking to him i was like bro he's amazing man he's so funny hilarious that's, hilarious. that's my buddy man <laughs> gavin once again thank you very much for coming on um where do like people find you what's your instagram 
At Instagram is Gavin Flow, baby. You got like a TikTok. million views on TikTok or something. I mean, we're getting there a little bit, boy. I love it. 